Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Nam Watch Review. We are part of the Nam Talk Network. So on the show, we review the latest film drop or throwback celebrating a milestone while eating our favorite snacks and just pretty much uh, having some drinks with it too as well. Um, so let's see what we're doing today. I'm going to be your host today. I am Cowie or Alex, whichever way you work. Uh, I'll be your host today. Excuse me. Whew. First time I'll be hosting today. So got the first time jitters. Um, along with this too, I'm going to introduce you to our guests that we have with us today. Um, one of our guests here are Joe Pallone that we have over here and lovely Miss Amber Pallone as well. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. Well, thanks for having us. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, a couple of things here. We're going to actually go talk about uh, Tales from the Crypt, a uh, film in 1972. Uh, we'll also make some references towards possible the show Tales from the Crypt as well. Uh, so we'll touch base with that and see how far we go. Um, but first of all, uh, I wanted to go ahead and introduce you guys, not only introduce you guys, but also to see um, what you guys ex uh, have experience in, what your relationship is with the film, and pretty much uh, how much you enjoyed it so far. Uh, Joe, let's start with you. Um, uh, how much are... What am I oh, doing? sorry. Uh, just uh, how um actually, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry about. Sorry about that. I was actually go ahead and introduce yourself in regards to what your experience okay. is with the film and uh, what your background is too. Okay. Uh, my name is Joe, and uh, I am typically an artist. All this lovely stuff behind me is is my work. Um, my experience with the film. Uh, I remember seeing it when I was a kid. I'm not quite that old to where I was around when it you know was made. But uh, right when I kind of got into all the Hammer type films, because it's it's not a Hammer film itself, but it's very Hammer like. You know, all the Peter Cushing stuff and the Christopher Lee stuff. Uh, I, I, I discovered this one. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the comic books from back in the 50s. I actually have a bunch of them, some of the vintage ones, and uh, of the TV series from the 90s. So, you know, I made sure I watched the movie, enjoyed the movie, this and its sequel. I actually love the movie. Heck yeah, right on. Well, Amber, how about yourself? Uh, hey, so pretty much um, I have ADHD, so I enjoy anthologies. So um, they kind of give me like a breaking point where I can like stop and pause them and stuff like that. So I always like that. Um, and horror is great. It's my favorite. Um, so yeah, and I pretty much just model and cosplay. That's what I do. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're our people. Love it. Love it. Uh, same here in regards to this. Uh, I guess my introduction to the show was uh, through, um, I don't know if you guys remember, let's see, what is the show called? Um, it was on TNT, uh, Monster Vision, and I was introduced to it then at the time being. It was one of my first ever introductions to, let's say, a little anthology of horror. So uh, like you, Amber, I, I kind of, that was my, like, oh, I can focus on maybe, let's say, about 20 minutes of this here or 10 minutes, which it is, and go on to the next best thing, too, as well. So it's really exciting. Um, the weird thing about this one particularly, though, um, like both of you, I'm not <laughs> not that old. So I was kind of, I kind of watched it about, about 10 or so years afterwards, uh, but it still creeped the heck out of me to, to definitely remember it and kind of <laughs> engraved in my head somewhere in there. So that was definitely something that was uh, something I had to question every once in a while. So <laughs> it was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Mm. What next? Um, I will say I seem to have a little bit more relations though with the show. Like I said, we'll go into that a little bit later, um, but it's definitely something that has like engraved some moral possible questions in my head and <laughs> to see, you know, the classic good and bad or good and evil and where those people go. Um, but uh, so I guess what I want to discuss next is going to be um, the content of the, uh, of the show in general. My main thing is that even though a lot of these parts were like scary, it came to me, I, I guess one of the things that really stuck out to me was uh, some of the things that wouldn't be considered scary it's much more. So for example, um, I will go into the first episode, uh, or I'd say the first uh, um, installment of the anthology per se. Um, it was going into the concept of, I would say some of the special effects. So let's go on to the point that you'd see some of the blood there. You're like, hmm, that looks a little bit of like, like a paint. cherry, yeah, cherry limeade, <laughs> top of newspaper. And we have, uh, we have so, some poster paint lying around. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? But they did that a lot fact, in the 70s. I and you know on that note to the fact that they're able to have like that poster paint or just that you know obvious fake uh let's say um practical effects it still seemed to hit home you know I mean the fact that like dude got waylaid in the head with a what was it a, was it what was it you got a, it was fire like a poker? fireplace poker or something like yeah. that a big silver one <laughs> yeah exactly so given the <laughs> fact that he was still like okay cool sure that's fake but that still looked like a hit to me so I mean I don't know if you guys have a you know a point on that per se I mean Joe I don't even have to take on that because I mean, being an artist you definitely have you know a view and a standpoint from that kind of that oh, yeah. era. <laughs> I like that a lot of the stuff they did was was you don't really realize it but it was kind of off screen 
Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't, you don't necessarily see that, that impact for sure, you know, cause it's kind of behind like the newspaper. Yeah, no, but, totally. But you kind of, you know, you know that it happened and it still feels like it hurt. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it still had that, like that lift in there, that initial, that initial, uh, you could, I'd say you could hypothetically feel that whack, you know, when it came to that. So as well. Yeah, for sure. But, <laughs> how about you, Amber? What's your, on your, on your take on that so far in regards to um, say, some of the practical effects? Some of the practical effects. Yeah. I'm all about like, OG practical effects. I hate uh, CGI and stuff like that. So I appreciate like the not so good special effects and stuff like that because it's like, you know, you have to try a little bit harder and, you know, you can't really make it look 100% sometimes. And except for like certain films where they use like actual intestines and stuff like that, pig intestines. And, like Day of the so, Dead. Yeah. So Holy. Like, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate the effort. It was the 70s, okay. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, like work with what they had to work with, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's all it's all in the story. You don't you don't need the you don't need all the, the great effects. You know what's going on. It was hundred percent. Hundred percent. Although <laughs> although Peter Cushing's zombie makeup, still some of the creepiest zombie makeup up ever. And it's just that one that one big scene like right at the end of that segment. Yeah, yeah. I, love that. I love that. No, no, totally. And that you, it's crazy what you should mention that. And just before we mention that here too, we actually Q with us in the house. Hello, Q. By the way, Q says, "What's up, Amber and Joe?" Wanted to get that. Hey, hello, you guys there. <laughs> um, but also too, um, Q stated there. My dad has had the comics when we finally had cable. I was watching the series when I was seventeen. I'm going to be forty-five this year, so I'm fucking old. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm be this year. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, and let's see here. We also have Trisha here, and she said, "Tell Steph I love her." Yeah. Steph, she says she love you. <laughs> <laughs> she said she loves you too, Trisha. Um, now on that on that note too, it's going in the transition before there. Um, you know, in regards to the zombie makeup being, you know, one of the greatest makeup till this day. Uh, but also the storyline. You also hit a really great uh, point, Joe, on the storyline. It was one of those things in which I think the storyline allows this film to still hold up to where it was at one point. Mm -hmm. Um. I, I, I believe it still just allows you to keep you enthralled in it and you know, have the ability to totally. keep you paranoid. You know what I mean? So um, like if we, if we're still on the, talk about the still in the first episode, I, I don't know what it is, but there's something concept about a serial killer dressed in a Santa Claus, you know, costume to interrupt the moral dilemma of her killing her husband. That was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell, exactly. You know, <laughs> I gotta get that life insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's going to get her life insurance policy? Like, she's going <laughs> No, no, totally, totally. Oh my gosh. Also, I want to admit a major mistake here. Here we are on the non-tot network talking about this film here and going into um, into things. And I forgot to even mention our main thing here of what we're actually eating oh. as well. So let me explain here. I'm going to pedal back a little bit and mention that I'm eating some kettle corn and some delicious Ooh. butter popcorn here. And I want to go ahead and insert a little... Uh, product placement even though they don't represent us right now <clears throat> coca-cola yeah. so you know little classic nouns here for our horror, horror discussion you know what i'm talking about so <laughs> i'm uh drinking my best friend red bull zero sugar yeah. and well there might be a little bit of adult beverage mixed in there with it a little bit you know give you little wings yeah that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then and then snip them for you Exactly. Oh, that's me. I said exactly right afterwards because the joke was funny, but now I <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, back into ricocheting because I got a little dilemma there. I'm sorry. Uh, I was mentioning the storyline. Um, I want to actually go ahead and shoot towards you, uh, Amber, in regards to let's uh, talk about uh, storyline for Tales of the Crypt there uh, compared to uh, how, how it upholds now nowadays compared to, let's say, modern day film or modern day horror. Like how it compares? Um, well, obviously, like it's definitely evolved a lot, but I feel like there's a lot of like the foundation there, like using serial killers and like real life issues, like marital things like that. That's always gonna hold forever, pretty much. So I like that you kind of like can pick something that people can always relate to. I feel like, I feel like they do that on purpose, and that's really smart to uh, not have some like crazy, like outlandish thing. It's like oh. Okay, wife, killing husband, and a crazy escape patient. Yeah, that's, that's all the movies. Yeah, <laughs> spot on. No, you're no real, and yeah, it's a good point. I never thought about you know obviously real life issues, but it definitely makes it relatable. Mm -hmm. Makes it sound sound the age of time. Exactly, exactly. How about you, Joe? Um, I think movies have gotten way too far into relying on gore. 
and mm. and make you know this probably be controversial but relying a lot too much on uh, on atmosphere not that a good atmospheric movie can't be good but this one is completely story driven and the reason being i think is because it's an adaptation from a comic book comic books you, there's really a whole, not a whole lot of meat in the story so they kind of have to to flesh it out you know they prolong the scenes the music is real dynamic um I, I, that's what I, what I really like about this movie and a lot of movies from the 70s is that atmospheric music and that they are story driven. You don't need all that gore. You know, you don't need a, a huge castle. You don't need to be scared out of your mind. You don't need jump scares. There's no jump scares in this movie. And it works totally fine without them. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where I was thinking very, uh, like you mentioned before, very Alfred Hitchcock to some extent. Yeah. You know, it seems oh, to yeah. have a little, you know, traces of it, you know, in there to, per se. And the, the ability to storytell as both of you said off the common issues of actually being in the household things you can relate with or maybe you know parent, people don't necessarily experience those you know abusive relationships so having a connection or a viewpoint or small you know um a window per se into a uh, bad situation definitely makes things more relatable or like oh crap this is what may it looks like so i definitely like amber that was an excellent point in bringing in regards to modern day uh you know, problems in society and Joe, definitely. I mean, Joe, I, I, now I keep on mentioning, I, I, it's, um, I do think it's a little more creepier, you know, on some of these things here. If we, if we talk yeah. about, let's say, uh, for example, um, in the infidelity concept of, of the gentleman that was about to leave his family, you know, that whole, yeah. that whole concept of what's going on, you mentioned before that the real kick in the gut or kick in the soul per se with the, you know, the zombie, you know, the zombie makeup towards the end. Um, that yeah. was, ah, man, that, now I think about it, it makes you think about once or twice again about things and huh, it gives a little bit more uh, connection with them. I hate that. <laughs> like, I, let's yeah, say it's a good no, thing, a really but good a bad point. thing at the same time, you know? So I totally get that. Totally get that. Um, now, along with this here, let's, um, let's see here. I want to touch base with uh, the acting too as well. Uh, you know, given um, it's very similar, I would say, in regards to uh, the uh, makeup or um, the technology base they've had at the time being, but I do think the acting was decently, steadily strong. There are some actors there. I'm like, ah, it's a little bit over the top, but I mean, in regards <laughs> to, oh God, go, please go. No, I'm no, sorry. No, I didn't mean no, 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 it's all good. No worries. No, like, there are a few heavy hitters in there. There are a few heavy yeah. hitters in there. Like yeah. uh, in the first segment that we were still talking about, Joan Collins, she's right in her like horror movie phase before she was on Dynasty. You know, she went through all these like, these these little not necessarily low budget but these you know underground horror movies like this and yeah, if you pay yeah. attention i didn't really count but i think she has like five or six lines in the whole thing it, she doesn't say hardly anything through the entire thing it's all acting it's all it's all reactive acting and it's it's i think she does an excellent job and then peter cushing in uh in the other segment i mean it's 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 peter cushing you know it's peter cushing in a horror movie you know you don't really get a whole lot better than that yeah i mean you know on that on that note too as well like i said the physical acting in this is just insane. I mean, just for that, you know, just for her reactions in the film itself, like so what is it, six or eight lines? Something but, like you know, that. I didn't count. The you know, the stress in the eyes, the fact the the fact that she committed murder, you could see it in her body, her fully munches that not only was there an act of murder, but the physicality to it said there was emotion behind it. There was something that made it happen. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, personally, uh, that's 100%. Yeah, definitely. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. There are some cheesy moments, but not, there's are definitely some. <laughs> it's seven is hard, dude. Sure. There's going to be cheesy moments. <laughs> true, true, true. Very uh, borderline Quentin Tarantino-ish, uh, Tarantino you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, So along with this here, uh, let's go on and talk about, uh, it's bugging me here. Now, I want to go on and kind of segue slightly into the show itself. Uh, it, just a couple of references in regards to the movie and what they took from the movie since we're talking about the movie originally made in 1972. So uh, we made a reference earlier. Um, uh, I believe uh, Joe brought it up and Amber, uh, you mentioned it along in regards to um, the issues at home and so forth. Uh, it was the first episode uh, on based off of the Santa Claus serial killer that was in there. Um, to my knowledge, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, they picked up on this episode and actually put it into the actual series of Tales of the Crypt, correct? Yeah, the, the series from the late 80s, early 90s. Um, yeah. I don't remember, if, I don't think it was called the same thing, but no, I do no. remember, I do remember that they, they did specifically uh, put that, it is, it is one of the episodes on the TV show, on the TV series, yeah. And it's good enough to have been, you know. No, yeah, totally, totally. And I mean, they had to condense it, they had to condense it into a 30-minute HBO series show, so it's a lot more fast-paced and action-packed. There's not a lot of that drawn out atmosphere to you know to make it 
to make it a little bit longer. But uh, yeah, I do. I do remember that. It was, it was really good. They, they had that one. I'm not I'm trying to think here. Um, so in now, Amber, you said you're you're familiar with the show in general, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, in, in regards to the show, do you think that it and like I said, are you um, you're familiar with the, the transition of the Santa Claus episode, correct? Uh, I'm not with the one from the show. Oh, no. oh I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So on, on that level, let's, if we are going to go talk about, like I said, if you were to seeing the series today or Tales of the Crypt, would you mm-hmm. still think it still holds up? has this uh, similarities from the movie itself? I mean, do they transfer oh, yeah. differently? Or? It's, it's, it still it's has, like, the, the campiness, and mm-hmm. um, it still has, like, the issues, like, um, there was a lot of, like, infidelity stuff on there, a lot of deceiving, um, just, just like, like karma, karma stuff, stuff. So, so yeah, yeah it, it definitely kind of kept that along and moved it on to like the 80s that there, there was like rock and roll and yeah totally just kind of like they made it they updated it to like affect the 80s issues, issues and stuff like that it was i love this that show good so i mean it's okay so like because like i'm i'm i i i reckon i i I've seen about 10 episodes of the show itself, you know, compared to the film. So it's good to know that it seems like it seems like they transitioned some over, you know, issues to modern day time at that time mm-hmm. being and so forth as well. So, I mean, it should be interesting. I know I know there is a second episode or because like, for example, particularly with that Santa Claus episode, one thing I actually really liked about it. And it was so good, in my opinion, from the first one, actually, because I watched it specifically from Tales from the Crypt. And the only thing they, the only aspects of it they really changed were the acts of the wife of how she killed the guy. Yeah. I mean, after that, you know, it was different from the daughter, you know, coming up to see what the concept was. But the fact that you could still see the moral dilemma she's having in her head of what's going on and not not the fact that she did it. It wasn't the fact that she <laughs> killed him. And that she, no, she didn't regret that at all. She fooled him. Was like, no. Whack, done. You know what I mean? It was her daughter. You know, it was, yeah. it was I don't want you to see this to see the transition from 1972 to 1995 or the 92 or 95 the uh, you Something know like that, image, yeah. yeah to the episode but as both you said it was just a mere image to okay these are the modern day issues what's happening right now this still holds pretty well let's change this to an escape serial to this instead so it's like what the heck it's still pretty the blood the blood looks a lot better yeah, the blood looks a lot true. better. Oh my god, that funk right in his head—he looks like a little unicorn with a fire poke. Oh my god, yeah. his back that he was shaking back and forth when she was moving the eyes. Just... Yeah, was... they upped the gore. It was more modern. They really true. upped the gore. <laughs> very, very true. I'm checking the comment section over here as well. Oh my god, Q is munching on some of my favorite snacks: peanut M and M's and a cheap version of Mountain Dew. Q. I'll eat those till I'm sick. <laughs> exactly. And the cheap version oh, of the Mountain Dew, I would get like like six packs of them because they're equivalent to what like a real Mountain Dew twelve pack. Yeah, so like the I don't blame it, man. Yeah, a mound of um, a mound of smarts. Thunder. That's what you do. Mountain Thunder. Mountain Thunder. Mountain Wait, which one's the Mountain Dew one? Mountain Lightning. Mountain Lightning. It's a uh, Queen. Was it <laughs> Queen's unintentional support? Or is uh, a <laughs> Lightning McQueen's unintentional? <laughs> lightning McQueen's <laughs> unintentional sponsorship. Exactly. I love sports drink. That's my favorite. Every every year at Christmas time, my mom always got the big a big bowl of the red and green ones. Uh-huh. And every time I walk past, I have to grab a handful. I have to grab a handful, and I would legit, I would, I would make a point to walk past, even if I really didn't need to, just to mm-hmm. grab a handful of those stupid peanut M Ms, the red and green ones. <laughs> Dude, and that's the thing too, though. Like I'm eating popcorn, drinking soda right now. The only thing I'm missing right now is M Ms. That's a salty M Ms. Oh God, a good horror like this right now in M Ms is great. Oh, love it. <laughs> love it um before i get digress talking about a lot of other munchy things here uh so let's go in here because i really want to go a little bit more in depth with a couple things here i want to look into here so along uh with that episode because you did have the the killer episode with the psychotic santa i'm trying to remember they technically transitioned two episodes over um one of them i believe it was uh with the chinese artifact and with making yeah, the, the monkey paw episode yeah. yes uh, or, or, or if you're not familiar with the monkey paw the Wishmaster episode exactly exactly <laughs> i only saw like 10 ep- uh 10 like uh, i think about five minutes of the the Wishmaster the monkey paw episode but i've seen yeah. all of of course you know into tales of the crypt and you know once again when you talked about moral dilemmas, you get in a situational one here, and it's basically about what you want in life. Like it was a catch twenty two. Like, oh, yeah. I, like we, 
we're all nerds here, so we're familiar with the term magic comes with price, right? So that was ultimately this whole rendition of it. Exactly. I don't, I like, and I would have never guessed, you know, into the concept it, at all. Like, okay, sure, I'm going to wish this guy to live forever, that they were going to do that kind of twist. Yeah. Like, Amber, you, you mentioned Amber, uh, exactly. Because, Amber, you mentioned like uh, the intestines and so forth, what they use different, you know, different portions and so forth as well. Those were gnarly looking, like, really real. Yeah. Yeah. Or the fact that she that she tried to be careful. She tried to be careful with her wish the first time, you know, and I wish he was alive like he was just before the accident. Not realizing that it was like a heart attack that killed him. So he's still dead because he was dead before the accident, technically. You know, it's that trying to figure out exactly how to word your wishes so you don't get screwed in them. They did. Oh man, that's uh, yeah. That the whole man. Why does it? Why does it have to be like the whole uh, read the fine print kind of thing? Right? <laughs> oh God. And you know, I don't know. To me, once again, it still was. I would say the practical effects of that were fantastic. I yeah, will those say guts that, were good. No, exactly right. And even when the you know Paul, you know, even when they brought in like the casket and everything as well, I, I thought that whole concept you know was pretty you know simplistic in that aspect of it. Um, but the other thing too, I want to bring on the, uh, up in that regard, like, I'm not very sure, I'm not very familiar with, cause you, you mentioned, you mentioned the monkey paw, correct Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how much of that did they actually take into the episode of Tales from the Crypt? Well, I mean the whole monkey paw story, whether mm-hmm. you know the original one or the Simpsons house tree house of horrors episode <laughs> that uses that or the yes. movie, the Wishmaster movies, or there was even an episode when they revived Twilight Zone in the 80s where a bunch of kids caught a leprechaun and it was the same thing. Yes. They were making these yeah. wishes and the wishes had to be worded perfectly. And there was no way to word them perfectly because whatever was granting the wishes was going to screw you no matter what you did. And yeah, that, uh, so, so that was pretty much the concept they brought into this was that you were going to wish for something and it really didn't matter what you did or how you worded it, you were going to get screwed. The best thing to do was not make the wishes. So it was all about the catch-22 then per se. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No, because that, that, that was the thing too as well, because I I do know that, uh, if I'm correct, um, it was Tales from the Crypt. You said, uh, you mentioned they came from a comic series, correct? Oh yeah, from the 50s, EC Comics. Gotcha, gotcha. I've heard on the, what was it? Uh, are you familiar with the term? They said, uh, what was it? Uh, the the Vaults of Horror? Is that related at all? Yeah, there's actually, there was actually, there was, there was multiple EC comic books. They did detective series, they did, Shock and Suspense, they did a sci-fi series, but there were three horror ones. There was Tales from the Crypt, which was hosted by the Crypt Keeper, mm-hmm. Vault of Horror, which was hosted by the Vault Keeper, mm-hmm. and Haunt of Fear, which was hosted by the Old Witch. They were all pretty much the exact same concept. Okay. Uh, the only ones okay. that were ever really made into movies were this one, Tales from the Crypt, and then they made a sequel to Tales from the Crypt from Vault of Horror, and then the series from Tales from the Crypt. Right on, right on. Now, I have a question for you, Amber. Now, just in regards to this here, now I've noticed from what I gathered from seeing uh, from Tales of Crypt 1972 and from what I've seen of the series itself, it, it, to me, it seems that women are given a little bit more of emotion or lead character roles in this horror genre than I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong or is that, is that, is that, is that something no. that... <laughs> Actually, actually now that you point that out that's actually pretty yeah, accurate because a lot of the stories there's, there's like a very fierce or strong woman um you know it's always a strong wife girlfriend um lover side woman something there's always somebody yeah that's actually i never thought i'm usually upset that women don't have a better presence in her and i didn't even realize that no, because like, like, you, you were mentioned earlier in regards to uh, things such as, um, uh, like I said, uh, what you would call it, um, just of uh, common problems and, you know, modern day issues and so forth as well. And so I was just thinking, you know, it's one thing I've noticed, even if the women were portrayed as a villain, it seemed to be like a really badass villain or someone yeah. that was, you know, had some sort of sense of uh, who they were. So like that, and once again, I still want to assume on my end because I see these kind of things that you just look from outside looking in. You're like, oh, I wonder other people's opinion. That's <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I did. I need to go rewatch the whole movie. We binged it like a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, whole, the whole movie, the whole uh, TV series, we binged the whole thing. Yeah. I bought a box set on eBay, and we just like watched all of them. <laughs> oh my god! Now I mean, you're, you're used to. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Please go, go on. Please, no, I was go gonna say you're you're used to in the the slasher genre more mm-hmm. seeing like the, the whole final girl thing you're used to seeing stronger mm-hmm. women in that one uh-huh. but you really don't pay much attention to in these anthology series because they're based on infidelity revenge 
there's even, you know, the one with Mr. Grimsdyke is, is kind of, there is bullying, you know, it's literal yeah. bullying. You know, there's yeah. still a lot of, of modern issues in some of this old, old anthology stuff. But yeah, there's some really, like you said, strong women. If they're not, even if they're not the hero, like Joan mm-hmm. Collins is not the hero of that story. She's still a super strong woman and she's still protecting her daughter. She may have hated her husband and needed money, but she's still protecting her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on that aspect too, as well, if you look at that too, I mean, it sure. is, it still keeps what's going on in the background of their family, very shady, but it seems to be that there's obviously, obviously, you know, something that, you know, is behind it in a sense. Um, on that, uh, oh, sorry, here, whew, um, brain part, oops. <laughs> but in that regard though, on that aspect, so let's go, go into talking about, um, like for example, you talked about bullying issues. I thought that was really effective. And and one second here, I'm sorry. Here I'm blabbing my mouth off. I want to make sure I get these questions here. Um, hey, Q, I'm sorry about here. Uh, so Q has a question here. So which modern day director would you guys want to direct a new version of this film today? I'm sorry, Miss Q. That's an awesome question. Thank you for really that. Is. Well, what? Uh, for example, start off, uh, uh, Joe. What do you, What do you think in regards to uh, a modern day director? Who do you think? Um, I would, I would probably, uh, want them to do what they do with a lot of modern anthologies, which is mm-hmm. have each segment directed by a different director that kind of suits that style a little bit better mm-hmm. or a little bit, you know, each one, uh, I love Guillermo del Toro. So I definitely would want him to direct a, a segment, John Carpenter, you know, the, the greats, I would yeah, definitely want him to direct, to direct a segment, but I would, I would split it up. I would definitely pass the wealth totally. around, but kind of kind of mandalorian it up a little bit you know yeah, yeah just a little bit to give john favreau an episode or two no totally mm. totally amber uh, what about you anybody oh, comes to mind say, think- i love john, john carpenter he's probably my favorite, favorite. i feel like the soundtrack would be really fun and oh, yeah. uh, it'd be nice and a little, a little extra, extra more, not too much, much but mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Good, good effects so yeah oh yeah totally. you gotta use those, pra- those practical effects from the thing <laughs> practical, dude. Effects, practical yeah. effects from the thing are the best practical effects yeah hands down oh heck yeah oh man it, you know with practical yeah definitely definitely let's see i'm trying to think here like on that aspect because i'm thinking a little bit of like modern day um you know twilight zone uh but man all those are great i can't even think of the other directors i want to do i mean i'd give jordan peele i'd give jordan peele an episode. I was gonna say, peele, I'd definitely give jordan peele a second God, I I'd, i'm not sure which one I'm not sure which one but he would definitely have them oh, for sure oh, heck yeah Heck yeah, I definitely, definitely do this well. Now, to follow up Q on this too, because he wants to tell us what we're drinking there for you. So along with that here, he said it's Mount Chill. Mount Chill. Is that like the Why did you get that version? Why does Mount Chill give me like a craving? <laughs> like I want Mount Chill instead of Mountain Dew. No offense. That makes actually gave me the chills. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Like a, like a York peppermint patty. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I want some mountain chill. Where do we find that? I want a mountain chill. Ah, he said it's, it's, actually, he even followed up. He said it's the Kroger brand. Kroger oh, brand. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah we don't have, we don't have those out here. Just for you, just because yeah. of you. East Coast. <laughs> just because of you, we're going to go ahead and uh, look for some mountain chill because I'm definitely wanting that. You can see I'm a yeah, soda probably, drink. Pro- like Amber said, I think it's Vaughn's out here is, is our yeah. Kroger. Vaughn's so or like Safeway? Like yeah, that. you know, safe, no, you're 100%. Like yeah. yeah, um, because uh, yeah, because Vons are part of the same family. Here we are. Yeah, same yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you're totally right. Yeah. For sure. I for sure. Thank you, guys. Yeah, totally right, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you know, the films like Tales from the Crypt from 1972 are always better with some nice snacks. You know, it's one of those things. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I wish I had earlier, so, so I'm not eating anymore. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I snack too much. I like food. And I wonder why I can't lose weight sometimes. Yeah, really. <laughs> but I didn't even eat dinner. I just had 72 snacks throughout the day. <laughs> hey, <clears throat> you spaced them 15 minutes in part. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe. Your meal planning, meal planning, yeah, 75 sure. minutes. Like a bodybuilder. They, they eat 12 times a day. I just eat snacks Holy. 12 times a day instead of steamed chicken and broccoli. Yeah, see, I'm on the bowl. Really Anything that fits in this bowl, I eat. So, That's a serving size, right? <laughs> one one exactly. serving size. <laughs> exactly. Oh goodness, let me see here. We'll make sure not missing any possible questions here. All right. So let's see. Now, question here. Uh, in regards to how you first saw the film, we're gonna. I'm gonna start off with um, Amber. 
in regards to how you first saw the film, and like I said, no, none of us are this old in regards to 1972. Yeah. But when you were introduced Close. to the film, <laughs> uh, we're aging with grace. We're like fine wine. We're just better with age, guys. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Little, little hair flip. Little hair flip. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Amber, in regards to the film itself, compared to what you rated it when you first saw it, would your rating still be the same or would it be higher or lower now that you've seen it compared to now? Um, I would, I would say, say I'd probably rate it a little, little bit. bit. Mm. That's a good question. That's a really um, good I question. think I would rate it higher only because, only because I, I appreciate movies more now. Like, like when I was, I was little, little, I had you know, know my attention span and like I get bored easily and stuff like that. Or I didn't appreciate, I didn't appreciate how, much how much work goes into film. film. I didn't really understand, understand all the, you know, you know casting, casting scripts, all that. All that. So, so I feel like I try to give a little bit more, more um, like, like love, love to and support to other projects, projects because I'm like, you know, that's somebody's dream. Um, you know, someone took a lot of time, a lot of money to make this happen. So I try to, um, you know, be supportive. So I'd probably bump it up. What is it? Pop corner too? Yeah, pop corner too. Probably give it another extra popcorn. Heck yeah. So on that on that note then, what was your first rating out of five popcorn buckets? Probably like a two. Okay, awesome. No worries. And then what would you say to be about a what now? Three, 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 four. Wait, uh, wait, uh, three. Wait, uh, That's okay, fair. Three, three, five. Three, five. Three, five. Okay, it's, it's, it's okay to take that rating. Perfectly okay. <laughs> All right, Joe, how yourself? Now, in regards to five popcorn uh, buckets, what would you rate it when you first initially saw it compared to now to modern time? Um, the problem with when I first initially saw it was uh, I didn't actually see it until I had already fallen in love with the series. Then I found out there was a movie, and the movie was so drastically different than the series. And I didn't appreciate it for what it was. So I probably would have given it like a, a, a two and a half or a three when I first saw it. I was like, this is garbage. You know, and that's why I didn't even watch the sequel. I never even saw Baltimore. <laughs> no, There's a sequel called Baltimore. Yeah, based yeah, off one of the other comics. <laughs> um, <laughs> nowadays, you know, looking back on it, uh, I can, I'll probably give it closer to a four. I wouldn't give it a perfect score. And I, I would rather, I would like to be able to rate each segment individually because they would all get different popcorns, but I, it would probably average out to a four. The, some of them, yeah. you know, maybe a three, the Grimsdyke one, one it, it really gets me the whole thing with his dead wife and yeah. all that, just really emotional for me. I, that's almost a perfect episode for me. I now, I'm it. curious now, on that note, on that, what would you rate the rest of, the rest of them though? Are the episodes, on the, or not episodes, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, like I said, if you, you don't have to re- memorize the episode title itself in general. But yeah, I don't I'm, I'm kind of curious. Though. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's the Santa Claus one's pretty good. I'd probably get yeah. out about a four. Heck yeah, the, definitely. The, the infidelity one, the, mm-hmm. the car wreck one. Yes. Um, that, one's, that one's pretty good. That one gets probably about a three. Yeah, totally. Um, like I said, the Grimsdyke one, i definitely get that one a five. That's right up my alley. You know, I really, it gets me emotional. If something gets mm. me emotional like that, I kind of fall in love with it. Um, oh, the, uh, the monkeys, uh, the, I keep calling it the monkeys. The, the Chinese episode, relic? Yep. The Chinese relic episode. Mm. Um, that was a little bit derivative. You know, there's, there's been done many times before. Uh, it yeah. was done, it was done okay. But uh, it was, you know, it still had that nice twist ending. I'd probably give that one about, a, probably a, a, a three as well. I'm trying to remember yeah. what the last the last segment is the fifth one. I have to. When is the last one? It's gonna bug me because that was that one. That was the no. fourth one. The businessman. I oh, will get that. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get, we'll get we'll, Yeah, it's it's but, okay. No but worries, anyway, no worries. <laughs> uh, overall, I'd give it probably about a four now and a three when I first saw it. So. See, and on that note too, as well, I'm gonna go ahead and <clears throat> let's see. Okay, so I want to make sure to get Q's question here after I get this as well here. But uh, so in regard there, so for, for me, um, if we're going to go out of five popcorn buckets, initially, let's say, uh, like both of you, I saw this at a different point in my life. And ironically, I saw the film first before I saw the actual show. And so the film scared the crap out of me like Night of the Living Dead. And uh, so essentially, Kid Me would have been like four out of five, no matter what. Um, ironically, as I was watching, you know, watching a couple of times, I watched it a couple of weeks ago and I also watched it again uh, just to, you know, to look at a couple of things and just to keep things fresh. 
I was going to rate it lower. I was going to do like a two out of five. But what ended up happening is I kept it a four out of a four out of five. And mainly because both of your guys' points is one of those things in which you don't really think about the storyline that much until you actually listen to the storyline. You're like, that still creeps me the heck out. Like the only complaints I had initially were the fake blood aspect of it. Um, maybe a killer scream, but like, oh my God. Uh, which the number five one, by the way, now it comes to my head, was the major taking over to the blind uh, folks home and so oh, the, the, the saw oh my God. that's what i call that one jeez dude they're yeah. making the maids of the whole concept and putting yeah, the that one's blades cool. the razor blades on the inside and you know starving the and then dog his own until dog chases him away. oh my god exactly and it just shows you know greedy is the uh capitalism <clears throat> in society of still relevant still relevant problems are problems Societal so, problems do not go away. People, <laughs> rights, love. Yes. Listen, oh. fuckers. I mean, people. <laughs> Sorry, but on that aspect of it, that oh my lord. Um, yeah, I really was gonna loot it lower because originally, because you're looking at the uh, we're gonna get practical effects and aspects of it. But as both you said, I mean, you were you working with what you have at the time being the '70s were a huge thing in regards to the horror film genre and era and there's a lot of things that they created and i believe fully that you know tales from the crypt was one of those anthologies that yes there were other anthologies but opened up the door for uh more anthologies to be made i mean let's be real mm -hmm. like the greatest stories always get copied off of stories from centuries ago weeks ago i mean it's it's one of those oh, yeah. things that when there's... you actually finally see a movie that's the foundation please bring more movies like it you know make it different but you know whatever you need to do you know so i would definitely have to say i'd still four out of five but on that aspect of it. Um, now, I wanted to get a question for Q here because I think this is going to definitely get us into a good conversation here. Um, Q mentioned, which do you like most, Goosebumps or Tales from the Crypt? I want to start with you, Amber. Oh, that's, that's tough. Because Goosebumps, Goosebumps is like my childhood. My childhood. I, had I had all the books, books every single, single one of them. Um, honestly, honestly, I would, I would have, have to say Tales from the Crypt, crypt. Only, only because, because um, the, the Crypt Keeper, he has the best, the best little, little like one-liner one funny, funny, you know, you know, laugh, like, like <laughs> I don't know. The music's great. It's like, it's like, it's like the, the one show that I never, never skipped the intro. intro. Like, like I always do. That Danny Elfman yeah. intro, man. Yeah. yeah. Skip like, Danny Elfman. You can't skip Danny Elfman. I, I never skipped that intro. And, you know, the stories are relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say both of the for sure because it upholds. I think, I think it'll, it'll kind of like stay um, through generations. Well, people, my kids, my kids will, will probably watch it when they're in their thirties or forties. Well, they have the box day. set. So. Yeah, yeah. pass it down. down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a relic, man. That's a, an heirloom now. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Excellent. Well, shoot, uh, Joe, how about yourself? Uh, I did really like Goosebumps when I was younger, mm -hmm. um, but I would have to agree. Uh, I my taste in horror was always just a little out of my age range. I liked stuff that was a little more adult. Uh, my dad was real lenient with what I was allowed to see. It had, you know, it had swearing, it had nudity and sex and oh. violence, and I could see boobies. And I'm not going to say that's the only reason I liked it, but it was there. It made me feel like that's I was like seeing it. something I wasn't supposed to see. And yeah. that always was very titillating. You know, I, I'm not yeah. supposed to be watching this. I'm staying up. It's 11 o'clock at night on HBO Taboo, on Saturday. Sacred. Mom's in bed and dad's watching this with me. <sighs> he's like he's sitting beside me he's like did you see that did you see i'm like yeah i saw that thanks dad like, so yeah for me that just has a oh, lot more, a lot more memories. i just had a lot more memories from me and, uh, <laughs> and the gore nah, dude, I, was allowed, yeah. I was allowed to see the gore to me it was r-rated i was i was allowed to watch something r-rated because i was sitting at home doing it and i didn't have a theater usher telling me i couldn't go in it was it was Boy. amazing for me so I would, I would give it to Tales from the Crypt. And like Amber said, too, it still holds up. I wouldn't read Goosebumps now. Yeah. I just wouldn't do it. But I watch Tales from the Crypt whenever we get free time. Oh, totally. See, for me, this is an issue because I'm stuck with the options here. Okay, one, let me correct myself. Q is amazing. He does actually uh, ask questions. But this question was from our actual host, Stephanie. So I apologize about oh. that. Sorry, hey, Stephanie. Stephanie. Still love me, please. Good question, Steph. <laughs> Good going, Sandy. She's that moving on. Wow. All right. So, but also too, Q said I would rate the show itself five out of five popcorns. Uh, you know, oh, the Q, show I, sure. I fully, yeah, heck yeah. That show, like both, uh, both Joe and Amber have mentioned that it still holds up today in that regard too as well. Um, in regards to the question of goosebumps 
or going into Tales of the Crypt. My issue is of air growing up. Like for me, I'm gonna even I'm gonna even throw in Are You Afraid of the Dark into this mix. Oh, um, that's that one. To, that would have been hard. This, that then, one was good. And so by all means, I'll, by, please, by all means, add that into your guys' response too, as well in this regard here too, as well. Um, so in that regard, so you have Tales from the Crypt. I'm sorry, uh, you have um, Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. When I listen to that stuff, it to me, like you said, you're relating to kids' issues and so forth as well. It was relatable at that time being. And now at that time, when I first saw Tales from the Crypt, I just got scared. I thought it was pointless. I thought adults were nuts, man. I was like, why the hell are you watching this? This is not like, ah. Uh. So I backed <laughs> off a little bit, you know? So after I saw the film, it kind of traumatized a little bit because um, I mentioned before, Night of the Living Dead, it was like, oh, children yeah. actually die. What the heck? It was one of those things. Yeah. So listening yeah. to, you know, watching those That's shows, I know exactly. It's like, whoa. <laughs> um, but the thing about it was, is that after a little while introduction to like Twilight Zone and going into, you know, different anthologies that were actually being mock copied off of Tales of the Crypt. And I'll be even saying, actually, my introduction to a lot of the stuff before Tales of the Crypt was Tales of the, from the Hood. So oh, I love Tales of the Hood. It's one of my favorite <laughs> anthologies ever. <laughs> the little voodoo doll segment. Perfect. And we and we and we could go into that. Will go really in depth later. Hopefully, we'll like I said. Oh, and in fact, I think we might have to look up some stuff for future non talk stuff that we might discuss that in the future with that. So that'd be great. But you know, in that regard, there we got ten more minutes on this. On this, I, I digress. I can talk about this <laughs> these things for days. But oh, um, I would once again. I yes, I would relate with obviously like I, both of you said more uh, going in for Tales of the Crypt. But what gets to me now, if you think about it. I'm still kind of torn because part of me is like, I do remember that stressful kid situation of not wanting to be in the pool next to people. And all of a sudden you yeah. add in a zombie scuba diver to the mix, killing your brother. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it gets intense. Or going that, you know, like, I don't know if you guys remember the, uh, my, my, uh, the one that scarred me a little bit was the prank call police. Like the guys, the, the, this little kid kept on using a prank call. I don't remember and, that one. Huh? Oh, dude, it's intense. Like eventually it's, they keep on doing these prank calls and eventually one of the guys, they don't call, do a prank call. The prank call police will get you and they don't believe it. And this kid keeps calling and calling. And one day this van just popped up in front of his house with a phone call because like, they tapped his phone and they kidnap him. He disappeared. He doesn't exist anymore. Wow. He's just like gone. Is out. So, you know, then once again, I'm like, okay. I would be, hate to be 15 year old and have my direct landline being tapped and like, all right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he kidnapped the back of the van. A star 69. And... <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. These kids don't know what that is. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, God. That's right. We live in a day in an era where like people started off with Instagram accounts before an actual phone number. So yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, oh, Lord. So just before, because we got about nine minutes left to show here, I want to make sure we don't over too much but i want to go ahead and say that in regards to nowadays and what i've experienced my expectations of films and my expectations of like you guys mentioned anthologies have really branched off for from a particular uh film or a particular genre and i will have to say if we're talking about anything and everything a lot of people that are a little older than us uh reach back to twilight zone I think I relate to Tales from the Crypt more than anything as adult now to if we're talking about like Hulu anthologies of um, uh, Into the Dark series, or if we're talking, uh, you know, things such as like uh, anything from Blumhouse Productions, you know, in regards to a lot of, of their series and anthologies and the modern day tw um, Twilight Zone. I just think, I, I guess to me, every time I think of anthology, Tales of the Crypt is the first thing that comes to my mind. I mean, I just, I just can't think of oh, anything yeah. else. The Rantan you know what I mean? So, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of yeah. I think I've seen every anthology there is, or at least tried to. Mm -hmm. you know, from Tales from the Dark Side, VHS, ABCs of Death, you know, every anthology I can find that I watch. Which one? Cat's Eye. Uh, Cat's Eye. Stephen King, Stephen, yeah, Stephen King and Stephen King anthology from the 80s. Um, yeah, I try to watch every, anth I, I love anthologies for a lot of the reasons that you guys said too, where, you know, they're nice little short stories, or they're, they're chopped up. I just like being able to have four movies I can watch all at once and not have to sit there for eight hours, you know, and then they, they put the story nice and tight with a bow. It's like wrapped up. It's done yeah. 20, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, Heck yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I, it's my favorite, my favorite genre of horror movie would have to be anthologies anyway. And I try to watch every one I can find. Heck yeah. Man after my own heart. How about you, Amber? 
Um, um, I love anthologies and slasher films. So, um, like Trick or Treat. What's the one? Oh, Trick or Treat! I forgot that anthology. I got Sam right behind me, and I forgot all about Trick or Treat. What's the one with Blondie? Uh, that's that's Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. That was the movie based off of Tales from the Dark Side, the, se- the anthology series yeah. from the eighties. That one was great. But but yeah, yeah, he actually, I didn't realize that I liked anthologies. Like, I didn't know there was like a name for it. So he actually like introduced me into them and even just binging them and showing me all of them. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting all the horror knowledge now in my thirties. But um, yeah, anthologies. Like I said, I like that I can kind of just stop, pause them. Um, I like the cohesiveness. I like that they kind of just tie all back. Usually, mm-hmm. they tie back yeah. together at the end. Because um, I don't like when stuff just like scattered. I was going to say one, I forgot. Yeah. I felt like more people need to be introduced to those because it's like, I feel like they're probably like the less, the most slept on. Creep show. Creep show. Yeah. That's what I forgot. Creep show. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. The, the first two movies, because the third one doesn't exist in my mind, and then the series on Shutter. <laughs> the third one the, doesn't exist. They're, they're, they're great. If you haven't seen those Creepshow ser- series on Shutter, you have, have to, to get watch that. It. It's really good. I keep forgetting. Like, I, I binge a couple things at Shutter, and then I forget about it for four months. And I got to remember. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I think, think there's yearly, three seasons of it now. I think there's three seasons of it now, and, and most of them are stellar. There's a couple sleepers, you know, but uh-huh. most of them are really, really good. Totally. And they do the same no. thing, different different director every episode. All right, see that's that's a good thing because it, it spices up a little bit, you know, differentiates here and there for sure. Um, before I forget, here, let's see, we have five more minutes here, but Q also has a um, uh, he had he brought up a good point. He, Goosebumps would be a good introduction to the horror genre to younger kids, and then mm-hmm. high school hits uh, Tales from the Crypt, you know, in a sense, they mm-hmm. kind of transition. Or the, or the stuff that was on the series, like like Tales from the Dark Side, where Monsters was another one. Exactly, the ones, the ones that weren't R rated, and then maybe Tales from the Crypt. No, totally. It's kind of like what uh, just kind of maturing in age of horror, I guess that makes sense, you know, on that one. Um, and then uh, he also says, um, as a musician, which bands would love to have, uh, would you love to have in the film soundtrack in the modern day? Uh, do you guys have like any particular music you'd like to hear per se um, into like what's going on now? You want me to go? Um, I'm, I like pretty much every genre of music um, mm-hmm. in one way or another. And I, I would kind of prefer that each one be based on the atmosphere of the story being told. You know, if it's a bunch of, you know, stuff out in the country, then have give it a country soundtrack. You know, if it's like Amber was saying earlier, some of the episodes from, of Tales from the Crypt uh, feature a heavy rock soundtrack because that's basically, you know, it's about, it's about a rock band. It's about a guy getting a tattoo from a rock band. You know, it's about, oh, I love that one. yeah, it's a, it's a, it, it, they, that's kind of what they did. You know, that's, that's, I would do the same thing. I would kind of try to gear the, uh, the soundtrack towards the, the feel of the episode, the atmosphere, but it would always have a Danny Elfman theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just it has to. Of course, to, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, right on, right on. See, I'm, I'm going to be a little. Uh, uh, Amber, do you have anybody in, in particular in mind that really comes to mind or in your head? Um, well, like I said, yeah, I feel like I would have to definitely go with the atmosphere, but I love Rob Zombie. I was going to say, um, like, um, always Rob Zombie forever. Um, and I feel like. For some reason, I've noticed a lot of the older, like jazzy um, 50s songs are really creepy in horror movies. And I've noticed that they kind of mm-hmm. use it at the right moments. And I'm like, I like those songs. And then they like Sleepwalkers, the movie Sleepwalkers by Stephen yeah. King. Um, that song Good one. creeped me out till I was in my 20s. Like, I couldn't even hear that song without getting like, huh. the creeps. So it's like, yeah, I love, I think it's just like, you know, just find a good use, a good, um, like a good moment to kind of like use something and kind of use the atmosphere and what's going on and kind of like be like how can I creep somebody out or make this more like profound so like metal and probably like old doo-wop 50s soft music. again for sure for sure and that, that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah for sure insidious then- does that well insidious uses old Old music playing through a phonograph or something to be really, oh, yeah, really yeah, creepy. They manipulate it. Music it's got that crackle to it. Yeah, it's yeah. got that crackle yeah. to it. It sounds old. It sounds off. The, the yeah. keys are just a. It's a little bit it's, not on tune. Yeah, yeah, skips a little bit. It's it it puts yeah, you it, uneasy. it makes you uneasy. Really puts it in. No, totally, totally. Well, shoot. Before we get out get to get to closing this up, but but I would I would agree. So I'm going to be a little generic and go into the concepts of saying I would definitely go ahead and uh, go 
use the method of lovely Instagram and TikTok. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's all situational awareness. Like you guys said, anything, some of the most simplest songs can be manipulated to be scary as hell just for situational awareness. So Amber, you nailed that sucker right on the head. Um, I will say I would definitely have to think of Billie Eilish and a little Lady Gaga and that mix there mm-hmm. too as well, uh, mm-hmm. just to see, um, to add a little what I consider, because I mean, it's hard though, because both both of these artists have transitioned into a different era with their voice. They're still queens, they're still fierce, mm-hmm. and they're still, you know, um, I would say definitely badass, uh, but I'd say early, earlier Billie Eilish and earlier Lady Gaga would have been a little bit more what American Horror Story ish, I guess. In a sense. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Exactly. Sure. Lady Gaga was in it, so it was yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, guys, um, so today that's all we have to talk about in regards that to sucks. Tales of the Crypt. It went so fast. No, I exactly, and when you get to rambling about things like, oh my god, um, <laughs> but I wanted to thank you guys for coming and join us. You guys have been amazing. You always come in here when we need you guys, and you're just fantastic, especially from your busy day i just wanted you guys to go ahead and see if you can go ahead and drop your socials and tell these people where they can find you yeah sure um you can find me on instagram at badmojo underscore art where i do all of this lovely artwork there's plenty for sale prints for sale if, if you need them uh, i take commission work uh, if you if you want to do if you want commissions um the same name on tiktok badmojo underscore art if there's some fun stuff on there you know uh some some interesting videos and might make you laugh. Uh, okay. That's me. Heck yeah, fantastic that's my, that's art. My, if my I artist add. name, Bad, Bad Mojo. <laughs> huh? Excuse me. I said fantastic art. If I may add. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I really do. No problem. How about you, Miss Amber? Hello. So, so I'm. I go by Puma Does Cosplay on pretty much everything: TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Twitter. Yeah. 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 That's all of them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the social media. And it's very worth checking out. Her TikTok is um, phenomenal. My TikTok is fast food, alt modeling, and comedy videos. So if you enjoy any of that, all the best stuff. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And all my friends, I have some great friends. I collab with people. Yeah. Check me out. Who does cosplay? Excellent. It's worth it. Yeah. Go for it. Definitely check out her stuff. It is hilarious. Shout out to Yellow Power Ranger, little bitch. She does freaking, oh, God, you're funny. You're so funny. Yeah, she's hilarious. She's well, hilarious. guys, um, my name is Alex Cowie. You can find me at I A M C O W I E. I am Cowie on Instagram. Uh, struggling after going into life, writing, having fun, yeah. and follow comedy skits. Here you go, things, stuff, back and forth. Cool comedy stuff. It's really, really funny stuff. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I love the you. stuff you're doing right now. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I got to get to it. You know, that creative, you know, that creative little itchy guys, you just got to reach for it, you know. Well, guys, thank you for joining our show today. A Nom Watch Review, part of Nom Talk Network. Once again, thank you for everybody that joined us. Thank you for asking your questions. Thanks for watching us. Remember to join us every opportunity you get. And once again, love, peace, chicken grease, never go up, never surrender. You guys thank have you a good guys. day.